Hello, everybody. We have made it. The 2021 football season is here. It officially started last Thursday with the Hall of Fame game. Um, in between Michael Thomas, rookie quarterbacks being terrible, and NFL just stealing headlines, we have a lot of news to cover today. But before we get into that, gentlemen, how do you feel of football being back? I don't this really is- consider it back until we get everybody on the field for the preseason. It's not fully there yet. Uh, obviously, we got, you know, guys on rosters who will never have a real shot at the NFL, but it feels good to be like that much closer. It's yeah. prep season, baby. It's prep season. Get yep. get your homework done. You got to sharpen up for all the fantasy football that's going to be coming down the way. You got to, uh, you know, study, study the numbers, see which teams you're going to be projecting for, uh, for what kind of wins and where and, and where the gambling is going to take you from there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like we're right in the thick of it. I mean, we got the Cowboys losing on national TV. We got Michael Thomas causing drama. We, you know, we got um, we got tons of injured. Exactly, exactly. This just like we've seen all this before, um, but it doesn't make it any worse. Uh, So let's let's start with the Hall of Fame game. Um, What did you guys think uh, of? Kind of the the, the Cowboys, uh, Mike McCarthy. Did you guys watch the speeches? Let's start where it all started last Thursday. So I try not to like get too involved or, or buy too much into some of these preseason games. Uh, you see some of these perform, you know, camp performers, and I will talk about you know about Hard Knocks later. You you watch a guy who's like a camp darling on Hard Knocks. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna draft this guy late in the round, and he doesn't even make the team. Like it's really easy to buy into the hype of of you know preseason football. Um, I saw somebody talk about that today with like, you know, the rankings where you have rugs versus Mari Cooper. Uh, you can tell it's preseason because people are overreacting to like seven on seven highlights. I don't know. You guys didn't see uh, the Justin Fields highlights where he's slinging the ball sidearm like Mahomes and everyone's just ca- calling him Mahomes already. You mean you're not, you're not buying into that right away. Uh, I mean, Justin, Justin Fields, week one starter. What, what are we talking here? <laughs> uh, no, the Hall of Fame game is, you know, what it usually is. Not very good. Uh, it does lead into a fun weekend with all the Hall of Famers, the, the speeches and stuff. Those are usually there's some pretty good moments in there. And uh, we'll touch on that a little bit later. But uh, I mean, it's just in my opinion, it's a, it lets you know it's we're ready. We're into August. We got to get through one more month and then we got football. Uh, did you guys catch Bill Cowher's hot mic? at all no. so yeah th- this happened over he uh, he got caught with a hot mic saying you want to go smoke some joints in the parking lot um <laughs> if you have not caught that uh it is it's hilarious you can't really tell who he's like leaning in and asking um but it's it's definitely real and definitely worth like the eight second video of uh you know bill cower participating in culture which is pretty uh I didn't see that one coming. Uh, it was probably the biggest surprise of the of the Hall of Fame weekend uh, for me. Um, but speaking of clips, did any of you guys catch Peyton Manning's roast session? Yeah. What was, was your was what was your most favorite zinger on that one, Derek? Um, I mean, I, I just I always love the Brady stuff with him back and forth, and I, I always think it's fun because you know people are very uh, they have a side on, when it comes to Brady versus Manning, and it's just hilarious to me to see people like go to arms and try to read into everything to support, you know, quote unquote, their guy. Um, meanwhile, Brady and Manning are great friends and they think it's hilarious and they're laughing at all of you. Yeah. Well, yeah, he basically said that uh, Brady's going to play till 2030. So that's kind of funny. He also said that uh, he ripped uh, Rick, Ray Lewis for, uh, he said his speech started that started two years ago, just ended. Uh, that was pretty funny in my opinion as well. 
So it got a lot of buzz, and I want to know if you guys think there's uh, there's fire to this smoke. Uh, but could Peyton Manning be the next commissioner of the NFL? Um, that's kind of what everyone was talking about when I when I was watching uh, different ESPN and, and NFL Network shows on Sunday and, and Monday. Um, do you think that's any kind of legitimate uh, possibility there? No, to to me, this is like another kind of proof positive that people don't really understand what the, the role of the commissioner is. Uh, the role the commissioner works for the owners, doesn't work for the NFL, uh, doesn't work for the players. Isn't supposed to be a likable guy. Isn't supposed to be a charismatic guy. He's there to help the NFL be as profitable as possible and protect the owners. So you guys saw that. You guys, did you guys see that too, or was yeah? That no, I saw I saw it too, and, I, and immediately I was thinking like, you guys don't understand like what the commissioner is supposed to do. He's supposed to be a lawyer. He's supposed to be an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, any any other Hall of Fame speeches, Hall of Fame game? I mean, Najee Harris already looks like a Hall of Fame back. Um, you know, I, I don't think James Conner got a six yard run all year last year, um, and you know, Najee Harris almost averaged that. So. Pencil him in, right? Pencil Najee Harris, Hall of Famer. Against, so against that's, the Cowboys, against the Cowboys, thirteen de- defense. You're bragging about that, like. Yeah. But like, still, I mean, that's that's one of those guys where I'm like, oh shit! Like, I'm trying to like temper my expectations and and trying to you know stay off the hype train. But man, if you get a shot at him, like, how early is too early? <laughs> right. Uh, any anywhere above the third round is too early. Um, <clears throat> I mean, let's just be real. That offensive line is still not good. So no, it's not. Uh, it doesn't matter who your running back is. That's the case. He's going to get. He he'll probably get some volume. But do we know that he's going to be the number one back? No. We'll talk about that a lot later, anyway. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, let's touch on some of the big injury stories. So obviously, um, this week the big one is Michael Thomas uh, having to have surgery and stuff, and he's going to be out and missing some time. Um, there's a lot of pushback on this because people are like, why, why did you wait so long to have the surgery? Uh, which is a reasonable question. But then there's also maybe some thought that maybe he should have had the surgery last year, push it off so that they could have another chance at winning a ring with drew Brees, And then because of that, now the team is trying to throw him under the bus when he was really trying to help the team out last year. So I, I did see somebody float that idea on Twitter uh, where, Hey, maybe, you know, is it possible that, that the the Saints put pressure on Michael Thomas to put off a surgery to try to play as much as he could injured because they knew this was Breeze's last run and you know try to go after one more Super Bowl and he liked that tweet he's been re, you know kind of liking some stuff that suggests that the Saints he doesn't feel like the Saints did right by him. I mean, if they're trying yeah, to blame it on the him Saints, now and that's when, the when case, did, then that's when when did the Saints season end? Boys, I mean, come on. He it, it ended six January. months. It ended six months ago. He waited till July. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think. I think both sides have a little bit to blame here. But I'm I'm pointing the finger at Michael Thomas in this situation. I mean, it seems like his camp is doing the spinning. And if he didn't have a track record of this, I'd maybe be, be a little bit more sympathetic towards Michael Thomas. But this isn't the first time he's acted like this. I don't know. Um, he's a bitch. I never say that to his face, but he's a bitch. Yeah. So my, I mean, this is definitely, um, for me, I, I think that this is an intentional act by him because he's like, he's trying to get back at them for something that they, he, some slight that he feels. 
this isn't out of character for somebody in Michael Thomas's family. Remember, he is the nephew of Keyshawn Johnson, who famously also, uh, when he was with the Bucks, they at one point in time were just like, nope, you're contract detrimental to the team, and we're going sit, to sit you out for the next six weeks of the season, the last six weeks of the season before trading you. So, I mean, that the the diva mentality runs strong in this family, and it, it looks like Michael Thomas uh, is, is picking up right where his uncle left off. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's a, that's a good. I mean, exa- again, if this was a one-off, you know, you want to side, and, and I do. I think that you know the, the teams try to spin everything. They, they're the source of most of the leaks in the NFL. Like I know it's a PR campaign, but this is like incident number six, seven for Michael Thomas. Yeah, exactly. This is habitual for him. Repeat offender. I don't care what you want to use, um, but let's let's do a little forward thinking here. Um, how many weeks does he miss and how does this impact his fantasy implications? I think there's a good chance he winds up on the pup list, um, which will put, put you out for the first six weeks of the season. Uh, obviously, that's an impact in fantasy for sure. Um, I'm going to touch on that in a little bit here, but really I want to talk about what it does for the Saints offense. So last year, the Saints were still fairly successful without Michael Thomas being on the field and Drew Brees being hurt when they had, you know, Taysom Hill running the quarterback show, there was a high ton of volume there going to Alvin Kamara in that. And then also Emmanuel Sanders really stepped up. There's no Emmanuel Sanders this year. In fact, I dare you to name another wide receiver besides Traquan Smith on that roster. Don't Um, make me do it. it. Yeah, exactly. So that being the case, what kind of offense is this going to look like? Does it shift to like, hey, we're going to go two back. We're going to split Alvin Kamara out as a wide receiver, and we're going to just hammer – uh, Latavius Murray up there like this could be a big boost for his stock um, in terms of fantasy for Michael Thomas I think he is a guy that if you play in a league where you have an injury slot he is a guy that you can take a risk on maybe around round eight or something eight like, wow five, I didn't think that, I didn't five, think that low five to eight probably is a, is a fair is a fair assessment if he's gonna miss almost half the season though like how much is he really gonna help you maybe down the stretch he could help you out uh, if you're in the playoff competition, but realistically, he's going to be riding the pine for a long time. If I mean, what this. what uniform is he going to help you in? Like well, that's he, another. I mean, that, that's a guy that could be, he could be dealt. You know, right when he comes back from pop, but you could be dealt at any. I mean, he could be dealt any time. If he's out for an extended period of time, let's say six, seven weeks, uh, the Saints start two and five. They're Who? probably going to dump him for whatever they can get. Nate, no, think think of a team that uh, um, trades for wide receivers. I mean, could he be in a play for New England? Could he be in a play for Baltimore? Could yep. be, I mean, again, I mean, think there's there's some you know teams that have Super Bowl caliber aspirations that Michael Thomas, I I definitely with you, Derek, I definitely think he he's a trade candidate. Um, for sure. I mean, this this marriage didn't just get soured this offseason. Uh, this has been soured now for a while. Uh so yeah, I definitely put him as a as a trade candidate. Um, and I, you know, we're going to talk AFC North here in, in our division preview here coming up in a couple pods. Um, but yeah, I definitely think him, um, in Baltimore could be scary. I mean, the saints are in trouble in my opinion with him being out. We don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like. And then their secondary, they have Marshawn Lattimore and not a lot else. Patrick Robinson, who is in line to potentially be their, their starter on the opposite side retired today. Uh, I mean, Another team that's also having some retirement issues is you've seen some of the Giants, but those aren't necessarily guys that we're expecting a ton of production out of. These are guys that the Saints need need to be successful in order to be successful. And they're a team that had aspirations to be, you know, 
uh, at least a playoff team potentially competing for the division and and the Super Bowl. The Giants are a team that's like, hey, maybe we have a chance to win the division this year, uh, and that would be good for us, you know? So it's like very different spots, but like when you have guys retiring like that, especially at a position of need, uh, plus this injury stuff, it's not looking good for the Saints in my opinion. No, I I, I think I think they have a losing record this year. I, I think I don't think they have a, a true starting quarterback. I don't think I think their defense is taking hit. Like you said, no Emmanuel Sanders going to be no Michael Thomas for at least a third of the season. I mean, how do they win games? You know, it's not going to be outscoring teams. They're yeah. not going to be shutting teams down. You need to have an identity. And right now, you know, New Orleans, um, you know, especially if they end up not having Michael Thomas lack any sort of identity. So, I mean, their identity has to be that they have they have to be good at running the ball. They have to be good at running the ball. So do you you go all in with Taysom Hill then? If if that's going to be your identity, do you do you just kind of load up with that sort of off gimmicky? A bit gimmicky, but you know they're they're going to be gimmicky as fuck this year. Like there, it's going to be gadget shit all over. I think you'll see Jameis and Taysom in in the backfield together a lot, um, with probably Latavius and Kamara on the field at the same time. Uh, They're going to run a lot of heavy personnel formations because, like we said, they're really weak at the wide receiver position. Especially yeah, I, why Michael Thomas is out. Right. So, I mean, I, I definitely think that regardless of whether or not Jameis wins the job or Taysom wins the job, we're going to see both of them. Um, yep. They're going to have packages in place for both those players. Um, I think if Jameis is your starter, you can do a little bit more with Taysom Hill as uh, using him more as, you know, a tight end and, and another flex option and stuff like that. And also, you know, using him kind of like as a running back almost too. Uh, that can then throw the ball, which is kind of an interesting little. Do you, wrinkle. Do you remember we'll that season? Do you remember that? I mean, I know you're going to remember the season, but remember when Brad Smith was really at the peak of his like gadget usage, and they were moving him all over the place. He was in the slot. He was in the backfield. He was, you know, they, they use him kind of tight, like almost like a like a split tight end. Like they they moved him around a lot. Yeah, um, he, I haven't thought of that name in a while. Great pull. Um, all time, all purpose yard leader in, in SEC history for a brief period of time there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Only you Newman. SEC. Only you Newman. Hey, no, uh, any, anything. Maybe, Missouri wasn't in the SEC then big 12. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> any other saints topics or should we move to another team that doesn't have a quarterback, doesn't have great wide receivers and is facing injury issues. I think we move. There we go. So let's go to my hometown, uh, uh, Indianapolis, and let's talk some Colts, some Carson Wentz, some Quentin Nelson. Um, how concerned – you guys aren't in it every day uh, like I am here in Indy. What's the outside perspective, and how concerned are you with you know the Colts, who um, I think were some dark horse favorites um, in the AFC? Where do you think they, they now land? Um, I'm a little worried for him because when Wentz originally got hurt, you knew he was going to get hurt sometime. Like that's just I didn't think he was going to play all 16 games. Um, it didn't sound like you know the worst injury five to 12 weeks is is it's interesting that they've had two people have a similar injury and have this like wide of a time frame seven week gap. That's I've never seen that's, that. It's very unusual. Usually it's like it's three or four. It, it maybe or some kind of like plantar fasciitis kind of like like they tore something like a ligament in their foot and. It depends on when they can bear weight. I don't. I don't know what exactly is going on with that. Um, it's weird. Again, that seven week gap. Like usually, it's like three or four. I feel like. Um, but anyways, when Wentz got hurt, I was like, okay, you know, they can kind of tread water, uh, put in one of the other guys. I mean, they, they've been successful. Jacoby Brissett recently, um, tread water, run the shit out of the ball, throw when you have to, and, and you know, really play the strength of that defense. Um, I think the Nelson injury is way bigger because it really shoots a hole in that game plan. 
Um, and now you're going to have an inexperienced quarterback, regardless of who the quarterback is, not a guy with a lot of NFL experience. And he's going to be behind, you know, 80% of your offensive line. Your best guy's gone. Uh, it's going to hurt the pass pro, and it's especially going to hurt them establish the run. Remember, this is actually a team that's also relying on Eric Fisher to return from injury at some point. Um, I'm not sure when that's supposed to happen, but uh, realistically, you're down two of the guys that you expected to be your starters throughout the course of most of the season with Eric Fisher. and, and Fisher Nelson is definitely a, a potential pup guy. Um, he's definitely not going to be there for week one, but you know, do, is it worth trying to bring him back by week three or week four? Or do they save the roster spot? I mean, it's kind of a debate going on here. Uh, and in Indianapolis, so, I mean, they're out 40% of their offensive line for week one. Uh, that's, that's concerning in a team that, again, we were just talking identity with the saints, the Colts identity has to be defense and running the ball really hard. Um, when you have no threat of passing it, uh, and you're, you know, missing 40% of your offensive line to start the season. Yeah. I mean, and then also their identity is being able to run the ball. So Quentin Nelson hurts that, um, when you have a rookie quarterback in or a, a first year starter in at quarterback, you want to be able to run the ball, which obviously that's going to affect that. So it's, I mean, it's definitely, it's gotta be very concerning. Um, I'm concerned from the outside perspective. I also think that that defense potentially is not as good as we think. Um, there's some holes there, uh, especially at the edge rusher. So if they're not able to get pressure on court on teams, you know what I mean? Like their quarterback might be able to sit back there. I don't care how good your secondary is. If your quarterback has too much time, they can pick you apart. I don't care if it's Jacob Eason or, uh, you know, Sam Erlinger. I mean, who's the worst quarterback on their schedule? You know what I mean? Like it, they're still going to be able to pick them apart. It, to me, this is, this is concerning for them because you control the clock by, by controlling the, the ball and, and, and having a good run game. And they're not going to be able to do that. The only good thing, I mean, they, I don't know if you guys look at their schedule. They're going to start one or one and four and oh and five. They, they, they have like the hardest first third of the season than I think anyone um, in the NFL. So, uh, but the good thing is they have the Jags and the Texans. So, I mean, they're, they're at least going to get four wins there and they always split with Tennessee. It's kind of a, it's a great kind of off the chart rivalry there. But yeah, I mean, again, um, like major, major concerns for the Saints and the Colts um, so far early in training game. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that you thought could have been in line for the a potential division. They were at least competing for it. So now with these injuries that, that, I mean, it kind of wipes that off the board, I think. Yeah. They, they had no margin of error and they're going to start in too big of a hole to catch Tennessee. I think. Don't worry. They got Marcus's boy, T Y Hilton. Everything's going to be okay. T Y Hilton can cover up a lot of warts, right? But like, are, are we talking about are we talking about Justin Houston not being there, like for, for like for like lack of pass rush? Uh, j- j- just to backtrack because I was I was motherfucking you there for a second, Newman. <laughs> who, who, who's going to rush the passer for him? Quiddy Pay? They're relying on a rookie. Oh uh, yeah, it's a, t- a terrible guy out of Michigan. They, they have they have plenty of film. <laughs> they, they they might not have the superstars, but they have the pieces. Like they have the complementary pieces. So. Um, one thing that will never get old is telling you that you're wrong, Newman, and you're wrong. Um, it's, it's, it's we'll still see. the, it's still the Colts division. So, um, oh. so, so that's, that's, that is a hot fucking take and Marcus, welcome to the fucking pod, my man. Um, here's the thing that we haven't talked about yet. And I think it's very, very important. It's getting a lot of buzz here in Indy is that second round pick becomes a first round pick. If Carson Wentz plays 70%. So, 
now since since do they put him on pup and ensure they keep their first since they have such a hard schedule anyway would you do that would you sacrifice him you know a week or two not starting um to save that draft pick um the the last i saw carson's done for a couple months um so so that 70 percent is not going to happen so you don't even have to have any extra sacrifice uh so you don't you can you don't have to make any adjustments he's not playing he's not going to hit that mark so the colts win that deal first and first and foremost they win that deal. he would have to miss uh he would have to play in 12 games yep um, I don't Which see he won't him. be. I don't see him getting there. He can't. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he's he's already like slated to miss. Like I think um, not close Four. to half. Two to nine games. <laughs> yeah. So so, 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 so we're we're, we're going to be talking half the season. There's no way he's he's, he's sliding back in. So the initial time frame was five to twelve weeks from you know, surgery date, which is, you know, happened whatever last week. I think it was two so, weeks. Yeah. Two weeks ago. I think he was, cause he, he was hurt first. <laughs> so we're looking at, he's missing anywhere from one to eight weeks off the bat. And I think they, I think they take their time easing them back into this thing. Yeah. Uh, especially, especially with that on the table. Well, you well, think about it, they're going to start bad. They're going to, they're going to want that first rounder because it's going to be in the top half of the draft probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I th- honestly, I think the Quentin Nelson deal is going to be way worse for them. Uh, you talk long term, you, you just talk obviously immediate term. What, what beast? Uh, we, we're we're talking about like a guard that has Hall of Fame potential. Oh, for uh, sure. You know, so missing him, I, I think that's worse than missing Carson because I think without a quarterback situation, they could have. The Colts are talented enough all around to have uh, been fine. And we and we yeah, don't so, have a lot of information on like what this is still. Uh, nope. I mean, is this something that's going to have like a long-term nagging? Is this something he might re-aggravate? Because, I mean, that's a big boy to be on a bad tire like that. They aren't giving anything. Anything. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, look, look their, their starting schedule is Seahawks loss, Rams loss, Titans <sighs> loss, Dolphins loss, Ravens loss. You're not beating any of those teams with uh, Jacob Eason or Sam Erlinger. So well, the question- er- Erlinger is a fucking stud, first and foremost, again. But... The Seahawks suck. They're going to be last in the division. Why does everyone keep blowing them? <laughs> like they're so bad. They're so I, bad. I could, I could see them steal a game or two there. Uh, I yeah. think Miami's in a weird spot too with Xavier Howard and all that shit. Yeah, I, I, th- I think the Colts are like a weird ass team that like could even missing some of these pieces could strangely be two and three, three and two, which is you're insane. Huge, you're insane, is, dude. <laughs> I'd say take your shirt off, but it's already off. Um, <laughs> So uh, the, the reason I bring that up is, again, another thing is, could we be looking at the Colts making another trade or Philip Rivers coming back? Both of those options have been floated around by the Indianapolis media. Could Marcus Mariota, could uh, Gardner Minshew, could Mason Rudolph, or could Philip Rivers come out of retirement? I've heard all of those names come up as Colts quarterbacks. Well, I don't think Philip. Rivers want. I think. I think he said he want. He wants to like honor his commitment to coaching this, you know, high school football season. So he wouldn't be available until the, you know, back basically when Carson's going to be back, anyways. Um, as far as short term, I, I don't. I haven't heard anything that makes it sound like Gardner Minshew is not starting Week One uh, in Jacksonville. So I don't know if that's a possibility. I think the most likely target and probably the one that you could get for the cheapest would be Mariota. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there seems to be like a million mediocre quarterbacks in Oakland or Las Vegas. So, um, but yeah, yeah, like, I mean, like they're not looking for an amazing quarterback, like at all. 
No, you just yeah, need yeah. a guy to tread water, right? The ship for a little, for you know, for a month or two. They, they, yeah. they have two, they have two of those guys right now. <laughs> hey, hand the fucking ball off to Jonathan Taylor and and Marlon Mack, who's back. Uh, we have a we have a full complement of running backs. Hand the ball off. Don't be stupid. Let's let's fucking let, let, let's just ease through this division. Let's uh, let's. That's insane. I mean, I don't even think the Colts have a winning record this year. I'm with Derek. I think they have a uh, a possible top ten, top twelve pick in 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 the first round next year. Uh, but let's go. Let's move away from injuries and let's move on to some players that are back. And I want to start with Saquon Barkley, um, and kind of how he kind of how you guys think he kind of plays into fantasy implications. Um, what do you guys think? Because um, I know you two both picked the Giants to win that division. You guys got to like that pick a little bit better um, with uh, with Saquon being back. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you hope he's one of those guys that bounces back from ACL and it's like it never happened, uh, which seems to be about 35% of guys, 40% of guys don't seem affected by it. And then the rest seem to have nagging injuries for another year. Uh, so you hope that he's kind of in, 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 in that former camp. Um, you hope that he's fully healthy because if he's fully healthy, it takes some of the pressure off Danny dimes. Um, maybe they can get a little more creative as far as what they do and get Danny dimes on the edge into space. I, I still think they have a shot to win the division there. Um, the guys that, that retired, uh, weren't really, like you said, going to be major producers. Um, I, I still like their odds. You mean brawler, Daniel Jones, um, yes. bottom of the bottom of the pile. Daniel Jones. What'd you guys think what? about that whole situation? Um, you know, that, uh, you know, from, from a fight like that, I don't think I've ever heard of before <laughs> to the quarterback being to the bottom of the pile to the coach, making them run um, punishment drills. I don't think I've heard of any three of those situations and all three of them happened over in Giants. So, so can't, fight camps happen. I mean, they're three days, two days, they wear on guys. You but know, it's normally it's, small groups. It's normally small position groups, like offensive linemen, defensive yeah, linemen. Yeah, but they, they tend to spill over. You get you get guys who want to like go in and, and you know the the concept of a team kind of breaks down, especially when you have that many people, where it definitely becomes offense versus defense, position group versus position group. Those those things spill over. That being said, uh if the quarterback ends up at the bottom of that pile, like there's hell to pay. Like that absolutely cannot happen. Those those brawls do not involve the fucking quarterback. Uh, yeah. If you if he gets rolled up, tied up in that shit, you better be prepared to face the wrath because you just don't do that. Mark Sanchez said that uh, when he was with the Jets, Rex Ryan laid out some rules for if a fight were to occur in camp, and one of the rules was you cannot let the guys with the with the red jerseys on anywhere near the the brawl. If you are a guy near them and you see them going towards the brawl, it is your job to get them away. Otherwise he's gonna kick you out of practice. <laughs> you cannot yeah, hit that, them. Like <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't when I, when I saw oh there was a huge brawl, I was like, yeah, of course. Like that that makes perfect sense. When I heard Daniel Jones at the bottom of the pile, I'm like, how in the fuck does that happen? Ever it's a red jersey, like for a reason. Like it, yeah. it, I don't care I don't care if it's between the whistles or like after the whistle. Come on, use some fucking common sense, right? Like like everyone needs to be running, but um, uh, I mean, I, a question I want to ask: whose whose ass is Daniel Jones kicking? Like I'm nobody. Sure. No, he, 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 I'm sure he got rolled up, swallowed up by the pile, and just ended up at the bottom of it. But you can't let that happen. And, and you even saw the guy, like the, the, you know, they they asked him, "Hey, you know, what do you think about running, whatever?" Everybody was like, "No, we fucked up." Like <laughs> uh, I'm okay with him. You know, he, he has the buy-in. Like you know, we we had a run. Like that's just the way it goes. Yeah. You can't let a starting quarterback in the NFL end up in the bottom of a fucking pile. 
Daniel Jones versus Kirk Cousins in a bare knuckle boxing match. Who wins? I, I would take almost anybody over Kirk. <laughs> well, so Daniel Jones is actually kind of smart, right? He went to Duke, uh, so that's an academic school. Um, so Ooh, slight to Michigan under, State, but I like he, it. He learned under Cutcliffe, so I mean, the- theoretically, he he'd be the wittier fighter. Um, but Kirk has this uh, this mentality, man, where he doesn't think anything's going to hurt him. Well, he also so doesn't think he can die. Bit, so well, I mean, that, yeah. but, but that's a double edged sword. He also thinks that like he's protected from anything. That he just needs to just believe and he'll be okay. And it's like, He's no, Daniel, crazy jo- though, man. Daniel Jones is going to fucking beat the bricks off of you. <laughs> the crazy guys scare me a little. Yeah. Kirk could possibly like wield a knife somewhere. In He's there. like band camp crazy though. It's not like, I'm not worried about fucking Kirk cousins. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, he has come out and said he's absolutely anti-vax. Um, he's going to uh, th- he's going to put himself in a plexiglass box uh, during like team meetings and stuff. Or something. he wants to meet out in Minnesota in December outside. That that was one of his suggestions outside of plexiglass. Like, like I just get, like, get how, how how fucking clueless are you? Like you have to have some some. They haven't extended your contract. You got paid way too much. It's not like it's, it's widely discussed that that contract was terrible from day one. You're just a guy. Like you're you're a middle of the pack, probably bottom middle of the pack quarterback in the NFL, who's like going out of your way to make things more difficult in the organization. Well, so the, the biggest thing to me is you know taking out outside of the political realm, whether you're pro-vax, anti-vax. At the end of the day, these players are playing on a team, right? Football is the biggest team sport there is. Uh, if you do not, if you choose not to get vaccinated, it makes life way fucking harder on your team. And if you're the quarterback, Kirk Cousins or Lamar Jackson, um, you are one of the focal points of that offense and a really important player on that team. Your decision to not get vaxxed for your personal reasons is very selfish. Uh, Mike Zimmer is lividly pissed that more of the players on the team are not are not vaccinated, especially Kirk Cousins. Uh, I mean, and, and taking it to a monetary standpoint, could this affect those players going forward, especially Lamar Jackson, who hasn't really gotten the big payday. He was drafted 32nd overall, which is the last pick of the first round. Uh, that team option is one of the cheaper ones that there is. So, I mean, to me, if you're Lamar, this might be screwing yourself. Yeah. I'm the Ravens. I'm not signing to him an extension. Fuck that. No, I, I think I think it's I, I don't really want to talk about the vaccine, not vaccine. What I want to talk about is what you kind of hit on, Newman. This is going to affect the team. They, you know, I, I think it's inevitable that Lamar mixed games. I think it's inevitable that Cousins mix, misses that, games. That's the element to me, too. I don't like everything else aside. Like, I don't I don't give a shit about that. Like in any other They're setting, whatever. Tight divisions. I mean, yeah. the Browns and, the- and we talk about this again. It's the ultimate team sport. You like you make sacrifices, blood, sweat for the guy lining up next to you. You know, you got Mike Vrabel saying he's going to cut his dick off for a Super Bowl. And, like, this guy won't get fucking two jabs of a needle. Like, it's the easiest. He's like, oh, I'll do, you know, I'll do anything to make sure. Then do the fucking easiest thing. Like, it's not, nobody's asking you to, like, sit behind plexiglass like you're fucking in, in a detention center. Like, just fucking go get a medical procedure. I'm not worried yep. about, I'm not worried about either of them getting the vaccine, the, uh, the you know, the virus or anything either. Right, like this is uh, Lamar's second time having it or something. But what I'm concerned is contact tracing. Right, if one person has the contact tracing and you're not vaccinated, now you can be held out for contact tracing. Ding, for- ding, ding, that, ding. Like 
doesn't mean whether or not you've done anything wrong. All you have to do is walk by someone who happened to contract it. If you're vaccinated, the contact tracing is non-existent. Thank you for clarifying that. I didn't, I didn't mean that I, you know, I, I know Lamar Jackson's going to get COVID or I know Kirk Cousins is going to get COVID. It's inevitable somebody in that team's going to. And when you're not vaccinated, Newman, you just hit it there. That contact tracing is going to cause them to miss games because they're not vaccinated. And, and, it's, and it's unlike if the team is, let's say hypothetically, the team's, you know, fully vaccinated, like Ole Miss, I know they, they said that they're 100% vaccinated. So in the NFL standpoint, if a team, if a team's 100% vaccinated and they have contact tracing, they have an outbreak, everything. They will. The NFL is going to allow them to reschedule that game. They might. I don't know if they're going to extend the season. I don't know what their plans are because they still have to play 17 games in 18 weeks. But if one of those outbreaks involves somebody who's not vaccinated, you fucking forfeit. Yep. And, and, and again, the Ravens are. You know, they're they they're a division favorite. You know, but I like the Browns better because of this situation. You know, the Vikings are a playoff team, but I have them out of the playoffs because of this situation. You know, this situation, you know, kind of has so many butterfly effects. It's absolutely wild. And then something that doesn't matter to them, but matters to us for how does that affect Justin Jefferson? How does that affect Mark Andrews? How does that affect again? I mean, the fantasy implications, you just want to stay away from those teams in general because of this, like the amount of, you know, directions this can go is, is kind of wild. Buy Dalvin Cook. <laughs> Buy your Dalvin Cook shares because if something happens to Kirk, you know what they're going to lean on. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's <clears throat> it is what it is. These guys are just they don't get yeah. it. I don't know. Uh, Let, let's and, talk about buying shares because you know, moving into the rookie quarterbacks, they all look really rough. I mean, whether that's Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, Jordan Love, even though he's not a rookie anymore, he hasn't played, you know, a single snap. Um, what do you guys, you know, Joe Burrow actually is not, not like is having some issues coming off injury there. He's gun shy. Dude's gun shy. So what are you guys thinking about some of these horrible quarterback performances early in camp? It's, I mean, I I don't know. It's hard for me to say. Um, it's still early, you know, the, the, there's the plus side of, of uh, it's, it's only seven on seven. There's the downside of a seven on seven. So, you know, some guys are gamers. Some guys just need to get in the flow of things, get better uh, acquainted with the playbook. Um, still early to tell. So I, I don't really buy too much into the hype plus or minus, uh, but I'm not surprised Zach Wilson sucks. Cause he's going to be fucking trash. He's going to be so bad, but, but camp really means nothing yet. Like every, everyone's still adjusting to game speed and, and you know, um, uh, I think Steve, was asking me during the uh, the opening uh, night Cowboys Steelers like what do you think about the game like what do you, what are, what are your takes and uh, my takes were that Mason Rudolph was bad and the rest who cares we just want to see how people are flying around because nothing no, like no playbooks have really been implemented at all we're talking and and this was last week like we're talking about a week of pads nothing's in there everyone has to adapt to game speed even Burrow you know it's still a rookie but. Um, even Herbert, a lot of these guys, even though they're going into like their second year versus like these rookies, remember last year, they didn't really have the camp, so it's not quite their rookie season, but it might as well be. All right. Yeah, so yeah, you, you guys aren't reading in, you guys aren't reading into the poor performances. What do you guys think about on the other side of this? Mac Jones looking good. Justin Fields looking good. Are you guys putting stock into the good performances or all of it equal is all of it. Throw it out both the good and the bad. 
I mean, it's easy to look good sometimes under some of those circumstances. Like for Fields, I think his athleticism is a game changer. Um, and if you look at a lot of rookie quarterbacks that are mobile quarterbacks, their first couple games in the, in the league, they're usually really good because yep. RG three was probably the biggest thing of that. Like RG three, Marcus Mariota, right? Yeah. So I mean, with that being the case, um, but Mac Jones being good, that's that's a little bit more because he's a stand in the pocket kind of guy and throw it. Um, but I mean, how Josh McDaniels is really good at scheming up everything he needs to. How easy do you think they're making it on him right now? I'm sure it's got to be. I don't know. Cam looks bad. Mac looks good. I think there's a little bit of a take hit when you can compare guys on the same team. Um, I do think the the scouting report on Mac Jones was he has probably the lowest lowest ceiling of the first round guys, but it's probably the most pro ready, ready to step in day one. He's supposed to be a film rat, loves to get in there, loves to dive in the playbook. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that he's clicking. It it seems like he's a guy that really truly wants to be good. Um, plus, you know, maybe the Patriots cheated and gave him the playbook early. You never know. <laughs> you can never count that out. That's <laughs> kind of par for the course. But um, so if one way to look at it, like some guys just have like they're fast, but some guys have like game speed. So a guy that uh, Derek once uh, demolished at the goal line, Dexter McCluster, like he ran like a four five five, but no one could catch him. Right. No one could catch him once because because. <laughs> So, so some guys in like in the speed aspect are just faster when it comes to game day. And just like, like Herbert didn't have a great camp last year either, but some guys, when the, when that adrenaline's going and the pressure's going, everything is just heightened. They're better when, when it's game time and, and you, you're not going to really know until it comes, it comes into time. So obviously like good performances are nice to see, but you can see clips like, um, I still have a big boner for Justin Fields, So it's cool to see him looking good in camp. None of this is relevant, really, until until it's game day. I mean, just yeah. I mean, who last year during camp could have predicted that Justin Herbert was going to be good? You did. You did that for you. Just set oh. yourself up there. You set Wait, yourself I, up there. I, I oh, hate you. I forgot. <laughs> um. So I mean, since this all doesn't matter, let's talk about something that potentially could here. Uh, Rashad Bateman has a, another guy with an injury here. Um. But what about uh, the Texans in talks? with the Eagles for Deshaun Watson. Um, if he actually gets moved, one, obviously that means if you're the Texans, you're tanking for the number one pick. Uh, and if you are the Eagles, do you, one, how much better do you think that actually would make them? Let's say he plays the back half of the year. Um, is that a good thing for your organization? Uh, so, I mean, I, I think my stance here is the same as it was when we talked about this two weeks ago. Um, nothing's going to happen until it, it, more information comes out. I, I don't I don't think that's changed at all. If I'm the Texans, I want to move him before the season starts. I, I don't want him to get injured. I, I don't want, you know, the punishment to be more severe than, than, you know, it potentially could be. So, yeah, I believe that the Texans are probably actively shopping him. I don't believe that any teams are actually genuinely interested right now um yeah, you guys agree with me the general feeling is four to six weeks the odds of it coming in less than that are almost zero the odds of it coming in higher than that are probably what 20 30 percent you're so, talking about suspension yeah right. suspension so from their perspective like his trade value is as high as it's ever going to be right now if you're the texans mm-hmm. but on the other side of that it, it's you know what's the rush if you're if you're exactly. one of the, if you're one of the 31 other teams like 
wait to find out wh- what exactly you're dealing with. You also, just wait to the end of the season and be bad. Like you don't want to add a top five quarterback on a bad team because then you're going to hurt your draft pick. Like why you might not drag them to two or three more wins than they wanted? Exactly. Like does this you- say something about Jalen Hurts? Yeah, he, the guy stinks. Even I, mean, I don't care what Marcus says. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, first, yes. first off, yes and no. go ahead, Derek. Yeah, yeah, yes, like, yes and no. I mean, anytime you get to, to acquire a top five quarterback, you do it. I don't especially, care. Especially I, with, with, with like what it's going to cost. Which I don't care who with. your guy is. And then, yeah, we know what it costs. We know the price tag is high. They're one of the few teams that has like a, a, a quarterback with potential that they could you – know, if, if Watson's going to Philly – Hertz is going to Houston. Like, there's no way around that. So, yeah, it, 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 so this is just like tough because of ev- like the way everything is operating now. Like, I love Deshaun, but um, the way that, um, from what I've read and understand with the legal cases, everything's going to be settled out elsewhere, out of court, whatever. Um, so, when you look at personal conduct violations, they really like the NFL is not known for. Oh, you violated our personal conduct, so. You're going to get a whole year. So it's honestly, it's the way it's looking, the way I understand things. Yeah, you're looking at that four to six games, but there could be an appeal, but it might be one of those things where, you know, hey, we're, we're just going to be happy with missing this first quarter. Um, the, then, yeah, if you don't, what if what if the Eagles don't even have to give up a first round for them for potential loss, you know, whatever going forward? Um, it could be a huge move for them. And then, then you have to feel bad for Jalen Hurts. But, uh, you know, it's 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 a it's very sticky situation on all ends. No matter how you're Ooh, looking at could it, you use sticky situation and Deshaun Watson in the same sentence. Ooh, see, yikes. see, see. No, no matter how you, know you approach you know, it, there's, you know there's always going to be something. <laughs> when 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 Marcus said that, it didn't even like register. Like, and then when you said, "Ooh, should you do that?" And I was like, "Wait, why?" And then I thought back to like the. Con- I was like, "Oh, that's terrible." like not to make light of like it's it's bad and again yeah this is going to be done civilly i don't think that you know it doesn't it it seems like some of 10 that are going legal um but we'll see what happens with that too yeah a lot of a lot of times in those situations it's easier the 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 burden of proof is less in a civil case like they might just choose to go that route or make or settle um but either way, I mean, if you look at it from a player conduct standpoint, just because he's not legally going to be uh, reprimanded, it, it, something the league's going to do something. At le- I think at least four weeks. Like, All right, let, let's go around absolutely. the horn real quick. Uh, just Newman, you go first, and then we'll go Derek and Marcus. Week eight of the NFL season, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is playing for who? Newman. Uh, Texans or not Texans? The, the Texans. Derek. Um. I don't think he's playing for anybody. I, th- I think they're actually going to hit him with eight. I, I, eight's the number I think they're going to hit him with from a suspension standpoint. Um, and they're still going to be the Texans. I think it's going to be hard to trade him this year. Perfect. Marcus, Texans or not Texans? I'm going to say, I, I, I think if you would have said week 10, I could easily say not Texans. But because I, I think that once he gets off um, at that hey, four hey, to hey, six you range. You can't say get off either, dude. I mean, come on. <laughs> Come on. I mean, you so, can. <laughs> so, 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 so when his um, when his slap on a wrist is served for four to six games, I think that's when his trade value skyrockets. So yeah. if we don't see a move pre uh, before the season starts, it will be it'll be with Texans. 
Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, at week eight, he'll be moving by then, like right at the trade deadline. Perfect. All right, I got a quick, another rapid fire. Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback in week 10 for the Philadelphia Eagles. True or false, Newman? True. Derek? True. Who's their other Mark, option? Bill Flacco? It's, it's it's true because even if even if Deshaun does move, you're getting extra tape for uh, Jalen, and then you Nick want Collins? to, and you and you want to see how it plays out. So you so you have Watson sitting on the bench, um, a very very super duper cheap discount. Uh, let Jalen Hurts make some plays up his trade value, and then once you're eliminated, keep Deshaun on the bench. Maybe, maybe bring in someone else. So you, you, your value is in there. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be such a shitty shitty situation with Philly and 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 Houston. All right. Let's talk about uh, another quarterback in that Eagles division and another quarterback down in Texas. Um, Dak Prescott with the shoulder injury is has been a, a big talk uh, because, you know, the national media loves to talk about the Cowboys. And uh, they're about to be on Hard Knocks. I think first, ep- first episode is supposed to air sometime later tonight. Uh, so we'll tune in there. You won't. I mean, it'll, it'll already have aired by the time you guys listen to this. But uh, I mean, are you concerned about Dak being hurt with the shoulder? And then are you looking forward to the Cowboys on hard knocks? So absolutely. Yes. Looking forward to the Cowboys on hard knocks. Like they're, they're literally for, for what we do is not a better team for that goal. Um, yeah. 30, 31 teams hate the Cowboys. Uh, there's no, I don't think there's anybody who's like indifferent. Like for me, there's teams I'm indifferent to. I don't give a shit about the Bengals. I don't care about the Cardinals. Like there, there's, there's teams all over the league that I'm just like neutral to the Panthers. Every, don't care at all. But everybody hates Cowboys fans. Millions of people, t- tens of millions of people hate the the Cowboys fans. Um, yeah. And it's it's such. And on the other side of it, so many people are passionate about it. So um, I think this. I think it's going to be a ratings just slay. I think it could be the most popular Hard Knocks ever. You got um, the crib keeper walking around the field. You got all the drama of Dak and if he's good or not. Like it's it's going to be awesome. Plus, you get a. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, the only bad part is we don't have the clapper there. You hate to you hate to see it with Dak. You, you don't you just hate to see it? Um, it kind of reminds me of like it, obviously in a slightly different, but uh, the thing with like Michael Thomas, like a team that like way overpays for someone because pressure mounts. Like Dak's Dak's good, but he's not forty two million dollars good. So it's kind of I don't want to say ha ha ha, but <laughs> fuck you, Dallas. That was so stupid to pay that much money. For someone who's not that good, like that everyone, Zeke deals even worse. And we're Zeke get deal, to see the, the, exactly the, the, the Zeke deals worse, but you know, like when you look at Dak, like yeah, he threw for a shit ton of yards, but guess what? He was he was also averaging an interception a game, uh, and that team was getting blown out. So guess what happens when teams go to prevent defense? You rack up passing yards. Like passing yards means absolutely nothing. Uh, Dak's a good player. He's not worth uh, all the commotion that happened. To warrant forty what forty three million dollars or forty two million dollars whatever it was, uh, so like it, c- it couldn't happen to a better franchise. So uh, fuck you, Dallas. Do you, uh, uh, do you think we get any like cryptic uh, Aaron Rodgers subtweets when we see how fucking terrible Mike McCarthy is? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> We're not only gonna get that. So like everyone kind of knew Anthony Lynn was bad and then hard knocks came and you're like, Oh God, this guy's so bad. I think yeah. we're about to watch that. Like, but twice as worse with Mike McCarthy. Like I, Mike I McCarthy's atrocious and I can't wait to see it. Exactly. Like that's, that's probably the thing about hard knocks. I'm most excited to see is just like Anthony was cringe and like, you knew like 
he was bad, but like I think we're going to see a whole new level of bad with Mike McCarthy. Just, I'm, I'm stoked. I just want to hear him say Franks and Beans one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sure you will, but but when we talk about like bad coaches, since you brought up Aaron Rodgers, is anyone else like kind of like pumped to see like the dumpster fire that is Matt Lafleur um, without Aaron Rodgers sitting there? Like obviously, like he's back to back fourteen and two seasons, fantastic. You look at your head coach, like oh, it's awesome, but. Green Bay is not like a good team. I think Aaron Rodgers not being there, they could they could easily be a sub five hundred team. And then, like I think Matt Lafleur could potentially be in the uh, uh, Matt Nagy conversation here in the next couple of years. After like a couple of years post Aaron Rodgers, hot seat. Like what the fuck's going on? We can't figure it out. Even if you're uh, Matt Nagy won the uh, Coach of the Year a couple of years back, hot seat. I think uh, I think LaFleur is definitely going to be right there within two seasons of Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams' uh, sudden departure. Oh, see, here, here's going to be a, a hot take from me. Surprise, surprise. I think Deshaun Watson's uh, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers next year. I think they get a couple firsts for Rodgers, and I think they give a couple firsts for Watson. Um, what, what do you guys What do you guys think about that? Is, is Denver, you think they're going to be able Denver to Broncos? Is, is Rodgers? contract in a way that they can trade him and and recruit value uh so yeah they 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 will have one more year of him under contract um and then it voids after that or something yeah so 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 basically after next season they can be off the hook entirely and and this is what they agreed to to accommodate his uh his requests Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think a lot of it. I think there's like not much damage after this season as well. Um, but but after next season, absolutely zero. Yeah, got it. So um, what do you, what do you, am, I, am I insane for suggesting that that maybe Lafleur kind of lucks out and he walks into Deshaun Watson? Uh, because I, you know I think Rodgers is is going to get a couple of firsts. And Derek, like you mentioned, um, you know Watson's value is around that. Um, so I think they have pretty similar value. Um, I don't know. And I, I think if, if the Green Bay Packers go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Deshaun Watson, Drew's going to lose his fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that that's going to happen. And here's why, uh, Brian Gutekunst, their GM is to me comes off as a very kind of an arrogant guy. And, uh, he's the one who hand selected Jordan love. So I think he's going to be too prideful to want to make that move right after he's going to want to see what he has in, in yeah i think love that i think this preseason that. shows how bad jordan love is and we're done talking about jordan love here in four weeks maybe but you really think that that guy who's going to trade up trade up to draft a quarterback when he already has aaron Rodgers on the roster and could be easily addressing another area of need so that they could win a super bowl think that guy who's handpicking that quarterback is really going to give up after a, a, a guy after only two seasons where he doesn't really get to play in the league Yes, I uh, only play some preseason games. I don't think so. You forget about the egos. Like these guys have massive egos. This guy thinks that he's the smartest guy in the room every time he steps in there, and he's going to want to see Jordan Love play before he actually trades him. Egos, smartest guy in the room. I don't know. Are you explaining me or you? I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know who we're talking about here. Brian Gutekunst <laughs> or, or Aaron um, Rodgers. I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many people you could mean there. Talking about ego. Um, the number one college player in the country or high school player in the country, college recruit, uh, Quinn Ewers, who was, uh, committed to the Ohio state university, uh, decided he's going to reclassify, skip his senior year and enroll. Sick mullet too, by the way. Sick mullet. Fantastic. 
um, so that he can capitalize on name, image, and likeness because Texas, where he's from uh, in high school, does not allow name, name, image, and likeness for high school players. So he's like, why am I going to waste a year doing that? Let me just go ahead, enroll in college, and then go play now. Um, he's he's already locked. He already, this? He's locking in deals already. Um, is he, he redshirting? Uh, I'm assuming he probably will redshirt. So uh, by the time he's joining the team, they already have you know figured out realistically who their quarterback's going to be. Um, they have four like five star quarterbacks on that roster right now. Which I, yes. I like you for for a couple reasons. One, go ahead and, and cash in on the NIL money, and two. I mean, if you're playing high school football in Texas, which is having a lot of flares with COVID, like there's a good chance your fucking season gets canceled anyways. Like, yeah. go be part of the program. Go, you know, if you, if you have the ability to go and 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 you know get in a better strength and conditioning situation, get in the system, start learning from the coaches. Even if you redshirt and just you know have an unofficial senior year, not taking any you know game snaps, I think it's a good idea. Just so, get, get out of that bubble. So, so, so the way that um, I was reading it was he's basically foregone his senior year because he will be there this fall. So he actually won't have to redshirt. He gets the extra some half a semester. So he's too late to be considered for fall, fall football. Um, basically, like like transferring in like October or whatever. Um, so he actually won't have to redshirt. He can just yeah. practice with the yeah, team, but not. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so once the season's over, he'll already be in there for a few months, but he'll be able to do spring. The red shirt doesn't matter. I mean, if this guy's as good as we think he yeah. is, I mean, he's he, he's considered to be the best quarterback coming out since Trevor Lawrence. Um, uh, they they, have, they that, haven't been better. If he, if he lives up to that, um, then he's only going to be out of high school for three years anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, at best, you're looking at, if you're Ohio State, you don't play him this year, right? Um, you've got, you know, CJ Stroud. Maybe you win a national championship this year. One, are you going to let Quinn Ewers take over for the quarterback that won a national championship? Because <laughs> that guy's only a sophomore, so he's got another year left. Um, to me, this is bad for Ohio State because – Ideally, they would like to have him come in next year so that they get an extra year of you know him, him being able to play. It, but good for the player, like enter the year another uh, enter the league another year early. You get paid earlier because you can capitalize on name, image, and yeah. likeness. Um, I can't believe Texas doesn't have NAL. Like that's the bigger story to me. Like only positives for this kid, right? Like like snaps and claps. Good for him. Amazing. I hate Ohio State. Doesn't matter. My thing is, how does Texas not have NIL? Like. I, Indiana does, Kentucky does, Ohio does, Michigan does. They have, like, I didn't know. I have a lot of other issues going on in Texas right now. So, that's, so that's, I, I yeah. didn't know states. It's all, didn't it's have all it. about control. Is this yeah. Florida? Can, is Florida NIL approved? Florida was like one of the first people. To so, exactly. Like, uh, yeah. That blows my mind that Texas isn't like, I didn't know yeah. states weren't like that was where my head went was like, huh? That's, for high school athletes, are. So, for high school so, athletes, college so I, I, athletes are allowed to. But high school my, athletes. My favorite thing about like the whole thing with like NIL is like everyone's pushing like, oh, they need to get paid more money, and like everyone they, they make money, like everyone makes money, like under the books, whatever. And then uh, then you get all these guys. Uh, you know, obviously we talked about you know Bryce Young getting his million dollar deal. Now everyone's like. This isn't how it was supposed to be. As if, as if everyone thought like the pure form was going to stay pure, and that this wouldn't happen. Like obviously, this was going to happen. The best players are going to get loaded, and they're going to be multimillionaires. But like by the time they're sophomores, juniors, like we Why all knew the this. Fuck shouldn't they be? That's the point. It's their name, image, and likeness. If, well, that if, they're, they're, selling. if they're the if, if they're the product and the producers in a billion dollar industry, 
then they yeah. should because these nothing's guaranteed yeah. for these kids. That kid could tear his ACL three times in two years and and never make it to the NFL. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So, so, so let me clarify. I have, I have no issues with it. I just think it's funny that like after the push, and then then they're like, oh well, this isn't what we envisioned. What the fuck did you envision? Like, did you no, envision they had, that they the had to save face? They knew this was going to happen. Yeah, like, yeah. They have to save face. It it, it, it absolutely was going to happen, and obviously the the times now were different than five, even five or ten years ago than when like these conversations happened, where you can be a nineteen year old making multi millions of dollars on like TikTok and all these other apps. So yeah, get, they they should have the option to make that, but like don't bitch just because you have the the top of the top making more money. Like LeBron's making fifty million dollars a year. And the, the guys who are still pros that aren't as good, they're not making that. But, you know, they're, they're cared for. But there's a reason that these guys stand out. Yeah. I mean, one thing it makes me ask is, like, how much do you think some of these prior recruits could have gotten? Um, like a guy Zion. Like Cam a guy like Cam Newton. Um, how much money? I mean, obviously his uh, whatever dad or something tried to get, like, $300,000 for a church, I think was the number that was reported. How much more could Cam have gotten? Like if they, if you had nil in place already, um, imagine thug you, imagine thug you like like without ever having the, the the Shapiro issues, them boys would be stocked. And honestly, I kind of hope they do. I, I'd love I would love to see Thuggy return a grace. They need to. They need. <laughs> I mean, to. I mean, they, shoot, maybe maybe, maybe SMU can be relevant again. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you, you got all of that stuff going on that happened <laughs> with almost killing that program. It's pretty interesting. Um, Moving on to the last topic of us for, for us today, uh, we do have to say rest in peace to one of the great college football coaches of all time. Um, are you know well within the top five? Uh, some people rank him, you know, even higher than that. Uh, Bobby Bowden passed away uh, peacefully at the age of ninety-one. So uh, you know, lived a good long life, impacted a lot of people, but he literally built Miami's opponent during a, a lot of that stretch the Florida State Seminoles into being a powerhouse throughout the entire country. Um, kind of interesting. Two two little snippets on, that I'm going to give out before I get you guys' thoughts. Um, when Bobby Bowden took over Florida State, the previous three seasons, they had won four games. His first season, they won five. It was the only losing season he had over and then until he retired. Uh, and then he also reeled off something that will never, ever be done again. Um, 14 consecutive top five finishes in the AP poll. Uh, and in those 14 years, they won two national championships, including an undefeated season and two Heismans. So pretty good stuff out of Bobby Bowden. Uh, are you guys, uh, do you guys have any thoughts on, you know, his legacy and from your, uh, you know, counterpoint, uh, your, your fan hoods and, and how that impacted college football? Yeah, it, it, it's definitely sad to see the uh, second best head coach in college football go down. Um, you know, as a Penn State fan, we uh, we went through this you know recently in a much more uh, dramatic aspect. Uh, Joe Paul is the goat. Um, you know, obviously, rest in peace. It sucks. We all knew it was coming. So kudos to everything you've done. Um, hopefully, Florida State will become relevant. But uh, now that NIL has taken prominence, they're going to be fucked. I, don't I thought know it was terrible how that. he treated. Yeah, he treated uh, Henry Winkler in The Waterboy. <laughs> oh, is that, is that the wrong coach? My bad. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe he, he's royalty. He's you know even for the non-avid uh, you know college football fans, you know you, the name resonates. Um, well, and- I mean, if you saw what Nick Saban had some stuff to say about him, uh, every everyone who spoke, no, like 
everyone had plenty of good stuff to say about him. He's one of the kindest people you've ever met. He'd give you a shirt off his back if he needed to. Yeah. Um, he, he uh, even his biggest rivals, Steve Spurrier, Jimmy Johnson, um, they all had stuff, good stuff to say about him. Nick Saban, he offered Nick Saban a job because he heard that Nick Saban's parents are having an issue and he needed to be closer to home. So he could offer him an opportunity to come coach at West Virginia. That's just, that's the only reason he did it. That's to me, that's, that's, he's a class act and, uh, he'll be missed. No, I mean, he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore when it comes to college football. One of the, you know, the biggest, biggest guys, you know, you think about who are the biggest coaches, it's him, Paterno, Bo Schembechler, um, uh, What's his face at Notre Dame? Like there's a uh, Saban Bear Bryant. Saban Bear Bryant. Like there's you know it's the Rushmore for sure. Um, and, and again, you know, you don't really see, but outside of Alabama, like you don't see like kind of those rival rivalry powerhouses happening at the same time. I mean, who who's like threatening the throne with Alabama right now? I don't. Like Clemson's the closest. Clemson and Ohio State are probably right there. Yeah, and even I, I just I think it's better for football when there's more. And I think that you know Bobby Bowden comes from like kind of that heyday when there were more you know predominant schools, and he was definitely a part of that. Yeah, when you're talking about eight to ten teams that were like in content, like in serious contention, because um, you know obviously Florida, Florida State was always up there, but like at most of the teams, obviously SEC, but Big Ten, but had plenty of powerhouses in the, in those eras. Um, a, a much more like balanced college football. Um, like even teams like Oklahoma, like sometimes they were known for like defense, which when's the last time we talked about Oklahoma's defense and like doing something good. Um, you know, it'll be pretty good this year. I think we, we, we think that a lot of years for the recruits and they always suck on defense. Yeah. So the, the offense is like, obviously, you know, top five every single season, but, uh, no, thanks for you did Bowden. We appreciate you. Rest in peace. But, I mean, uh, no, I, I, I think he, one of his legacies that he leaves behind also is that he literally took a program that was not, not anywhere close to being a powerhouse and grew it into one of the most iconic brands in the country. Right. Like um, it, that doesn't happen all that often. Um, the last, the last team to win their first national championship is Florida in 96. And then previous to that, it was Florida state. Like, Every other schools have already all the other schools that have won since then, since believe, uh, since 1996, already had won a national championship at some point in times in their in their you know in their school's history. So like building programs, uh, it's not seen anymore. Now guys jump ship. You know what I mean? Like I remember when people were talking about could uh, could Kelly, uh, the Notre Dame head coach, Chip Kelly, yeah, yeah, could could he build something? Or it's not Chip. Uh, <laughs> Brian Kelly at Oregon. Yeah, Brian Kelly. If he could build something in Cincinnati, you know, and then he winds up taking the Notre Dame job. And a lot of guys use these smaller jobs to just puddle jump. Whereas Bobby stayed at Florida State instead of taking the Alabama job and and built that into a power. So not not to cut you off, but if we're going to talk about his accomplishments and the good shit he did, have you not seen We Are Marshall? Like he single handedly gave Marshall film tape to help them. adjust their their entire school so so that should be top of the list newman yep i mean that, that that's just one of the many great, great human. works of bobby bowden great human cool well uh that's that's it for the news like i said a lot this was a longer news segment our new segment is normally about uh 30 to 40 minutes we're, we're, we're at an hour here um so from everyone from the the sports memory thanks for listening um, like and subscribe. Uh, again, we have uh, new episodes out every week, so go ahead and give it a check. Uh, this is our heyday. We all love the NFL. 
So, uh, so listen in um, every week for, for our new news, and we'll be continuing our uh, division previews here um, throughout the uh, preseason. So, boys, anything else to add? No, nice cool. Meet, Bobby. See ya. <laughs>